This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. A moment in the United States yesterday. Uh, former Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin was found guilty on all counts in the killing of George Floyd. State of Minnesota plaintiff versus Derek Michael Chauvin defendant. Verdict count one, unintentional second degree murder while committing a felony. Find the defendant guilty. Verdict count two, third degree murder, perpetrating an eminently dangerous act, find the defendant guilty. Verdict count three, second degree manslaughter, culpable negligence, creating an unreasonable risk, find the defendant guilty. This verdict agreed to this 20th day of April 2021 at 1.45 p.m. Outside the courthouse, people were cheering, they were crying. Obviously, this story has become a, a global one. Um... A black man killed by a white cop. It shouldn't be surprising. If you've seen the video, I don't know, man. It, it's it's tough to watch. If you've seen the video of George Floyd's last minutes on this earth, it shouldn't be a surprise that this guy was found guilty. Yeah, yeah. But with the history of, of racial tensions and uh, the police in the United States, um... Some people were still, yesterday, they were were surprised. They were on pins and needles waiting for this verdict, wondering which way it was going to go. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm glad that, uh, uh, you know, justice was served and, you know, things didn't get out of control. There was no, you know, riots or anything because we all know that that's exactly what was going to happen. It's scary. Like, has there ever been more pressure on a jury to come up with a guilty verdict? It's kind of a weird situation. In my lifetime, the OJ trial, I think, would be the closest. Like, you you could feel it. It was palpable. You knew one way or another this was going to be something that you were going to remember for the rest of your life when they read the OJ Simpson verdict. It was, yeah, it was an explosion, man. It did not go the way that... uh, Many people thought it was going to go, and it was uh, just, <laughs> I don't know, you know, it's uh, its one of those things. It's, you think that from your experiences that there's not an issue, but you're not living in everyone else's shoes. So um, the late night host last night, you know, when they take a break from the jokes, and get serious that something big has happened. Here are the Jimmies from last night. Derek Chauvin was found guilty of the murder of George Floyd. The courts did their job and justice was served, and while this is a step in the right direction, there's still a lot of work to be done. Too often, justice isn't served, and the need for police reform remains. We all must continue to call out injustice until things change for the better. After an an emotional day on which three guilty verdicts were read in Minneapolis and the United States, I think we're all grateful it went the way that it did. In this case, the jury made uh, the correct decision, a unanimous decision, which is a step in the right direction. And I hope the verdict itself brings uh, comfort to the family of George Floyd and all those who mourned his death. And I also want to say, good luck in prison, Derek. You'll need it. Oh boy. Yeah. 75 years in prison. Uh Chauvin is is facing. He's going to be sentenced 8 weeks from now approximately. Um but yeah, that's that's not going to be a fun rest of your life. Yeah. Worst worst place for ex-cop to be, obviously. Well, not just any ex-cop, too. Right? Specifically, oh yeah, <laughs> the cop that everybody knows his name. Here's George Floyd's brother speaking after 
learning of the verdict. We got to keep fighting. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put up a fight every day because I'm not just fighting for George anymore. I'm fighting for everybody around this world. Yeah. I get calls. I get DMs. People from Brazil, from Ghana, from Germany, everybody, London, Italy, they're all saying the same thing. We won't be able to breathe until you're able to breathe. Today, we are able to breathe again. Yesterday was 420. We were discussing that on the show, and uh, we were told by many who are in the know that you don't want to have your plants, your marijuana plants, outdoors yet. Mm-hmm. May still- 2-4 was a good rule of thumb. Yeah, you wait till May 2-4 around then to, to put the, uh, the plants into the ground outside, but you should be nurturing them kind of like a little baby Groot indoors right now <laughs> under the lights, getting them ready to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, did you uh, partake in any 420 celebrations yesterday, Jim? Not more or less than any other day. <laughs> um, no. Yeah, yesterday was 420, or as Jim calls it, Tuesday. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm happy if people, like, you know, did a special thing, like, bought a gummy or something like that, like, had, like, a special moment with themselves or whatever. It just, uh, I didn't really do anything interesting. Yeah. We were talking yesterday about how attitudes towards marijuana have changed, especially in this country where... Now it's illegal, and there's people who you'd never think would try marijuana. They're, they're trying it now. And the gummies are one thing you you got to be very careful with. Ellen DeGeneres was on with uh, Jimmy Kimmel last night, and she told a story about trying a, a gummy for the first time. I hate pot. I really hate the way it feels. Um, so people have pushed gummies on me because they're like, oh, it's nothing like that. And as a matter of fact, my assistant gave me a gummy because he had a hard time sleeping. And he said, just try this gummy. I'm, I, and I said, I don't want it. He goes, no, it's nothing like that. And everyone always says that. And I, I thought I was going to die. I really I thought... <laughs> That's a common response from people who try a gummy for the first time. Yeah, I don't, I don't really get it because I don't know. Like I've never had that experience. I, I, well, I think <laughs> if you're not used to the feeling and suddenly there's a sensation overtakes you that you've never had before, you, you get a little paranoid. Yeah, your heart's, you can hear your heart beating a little bit more than usual. And sometimes it does make stage. your heart beat a little. Maybe it's only in my head, but I do feel like I have like an arrhythmia sometimes if I smoke yeah. a bit. You can you can hear or feel your heart beating more. <laughs> you, you become one with you your You start body. answering the knock-knock joke at your chest. <laughs> What's going on? Uh, Ellen's assistant gives her an edible, hoping it'll make her calm down a bit and be a little nicer yeah, to the staff. Exactly. <laughs> Get this girl on some CBD, some sativa, something. Yeah, I hope you enjoyed your 420. Happy birthday! The godfather of punk, Iggy Pop, turning 74 years old today. James Newell Osterberg Jr. is the handle he was given at birth. Do you know where Iggy Pop is from, Jim? I'm guessing UK, but I just that's just an assumption I made after never hearing him speak. <laughs> and his name's Iggy. Iggy, yeah, and that movie, that movie Train Spotting, featured Lust for Life, so a lot of people do make the UK connection. You think punk? You think uh, London, England, Sex in Pistols, the, yeah, seventies. Yeah. Uh, Iggy Pop was born in Muskegon, Michigan. He was raised in a trailer park in Ypsilanti, Michigan. 
and he went to school in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Right on. Not too far away. <laughs> yeah, a couple hours from where we are. I so love it. it's uh it's a common misconception that Iggy is British, but no, he's he's a Michigan boy. Give it a danger, little stranger. Sure made an impact. Boy, does Michigan ever know how to pump out rock stars from trailer parks, by the way. Yeah, you got your Kid Rocks, you got your Iggy Pops. <laughs> Eminem, more or less. Like, he's a rap guy, but still. Someone a trailer park in Michigan makes you uh, creative, Didn't I guess. did Kid Rock have rich parents, though? I think, isn't the trailer park thing a bit of a shtick with, with Kid Rock? Um, you you may be right. You may be right. He's definitely uh-huh. a Michigan guy and puts out that vibe, so I just, I just assumed. It's amazing. If you're just tuning in, I know that you hear a little montage like that. We're talking about an older rocker. Iggy Pop is alive and well. He is just turning 74 years old today. It is remarkable he's been able to live this long. I mean, the guy um, obviously has a past with alcohol and drugs. He used to physically harm himself. He was very aggressive and physical on stage early in his career with the Stooges. Plus, he has that debilitating shirt allergy <laughs> that he has been dealing with his entire life. Yeah. Iggy doesn't like wearing a shirt. Never. He still looks pretty good without it. I got to give him props, man. He, he has not let himself go. Yeah, he's almost got like that snake skin and, and the movement. Like sure. He looks like a serpent up there without sure. a shirt on. And every time I see him, uh, you know, in his 70s, I'm like, it's also interesting to see what Anthony Kiedis will look like in 25 years. Because he's getting there. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah, he's not a shirt guy either. Mm-hmm. Iggy Pop. Has a lot in common with my one and a half year old. <laughs> you put on a shirt <laughs> and you think they're ready for the day. You turn around. Where'd the shirt go? <laughs> Happy birthday, Iggy. Unfortunately for the OHL, it's over. It's not happening. The season has officially been canceled. And to talk more about that, we've got uh, the guy we know who knows the most about the Ontario Hockey League. Mike Stubbs from Global News Radio joining us. Hey, Stubbs. Hey, Taz. Hey, Jim. Uh, you, was this a surprise to you? I know you've been following the process. You've been talking to your insiders. Were you shocked when they said we're not doing uh, anything for the season? I think anybody who's a fan of the OHL was still holding out hope for something, but I think that same mentality also took the calendar and subtracted the case counts and came up with zero OHL season. It it just didn't have a way to happen. It looked like they were close a little while ago, maybe the end of March. They were hoping to make an announcement, and there has been some talk even from the Minister of Heritage, Tourism, Sport, and Culture, Lisa McLeod, that they had at least that framework, but with the case counts being what they are, no, it's it's just not happening now. So it's focused on September. Yeah. I, I spoke with a couple people involved in the league, and they said they'd be on these big conference calls. And just when they thought they found a solution, something they could move ahead with, here comes the government regulation, right? Jumping through hoops and, nope, you can't do that, or you got to do this before you do that. And it just got to a point where it's like, well, this isn't going to happen. 
Mark Hunter, the general manager of the London Knights, had described it as a step forward and two back, kind of all the way. And that's that's what you describe right there, Taz. What does this mean for the uh, the teams in the Taz and Jim listening area? London Knights, how is this going to affect them? Was their season, <laughs> in hypothetical terms, how was their season, Stubbs? <laughs> well, the, for London, for Hamilton, for all the OHL teams, there were a lot of Zoom calls. It was kind of like being in the OHL at school so there were a lot of calls a lot of video was watched the teams kept in touch with the players all year and of course likely had a great big zoom call yesterday with them to share the news and talk a little bit more about that and so yeah it wasn't easy Uh, some players did go and play in europe other players have played in the american hockey league earlier than they normally would you don't see players in the american hockey league usually until they're 20 years old Now we had some 18-year-olds who were able to go. Uh, There were some players who just could not play. It just didn't happen. So as far as how their seasons went, it it was kind of a mix for each individual player, but I don't think any player is going to step up and say, yeah, that was exactly what I thought this year would be like. So what do you think is going to happen to the people in their draft year, the people who are supposed to be scouted? Um, You know, the teams are still going to want to be scouting young talent. Is there going to be some sort of like combine or a small tournament or something to get some eyes on these guys or what do you think Stubbs? That I think was discussed but Jim no I, I don't think they're going to be able to have even that for OHL players so if you weren't able to go and play in the American Hockey League and for draft eligibles that's basically a no because they're young and they're not owned by any NHL teams and you weren't able to go and play in Europe there were some players who were able to go and play a handful of games and you know, and and play them in places like Slovakia or the Swedish second league or places like that. If you weren't able to do that, you haven't been seen in a year. So scouts are going on some kind of old notes and some old video, and this is going to be maybe as tough or tougher for NHL scouts to piece things together than it is for even the players. They didn't have a chance to make those moves, and sometimes you'll see a guy in the OHL come in as a 16-year-old. And it's a big jump. You're playing against players who are as old as 20. And so it takes a little while to figure things out and find your place. And so many players make that big jump in their second year. So they didn't have that opportunity. As David Branch, the commissioner of the OHL, said yesterday, he always told his players when he coached that players are like water, that eventually they will reach their level. And so that's what you have to hope for. But the opportunity to seize more ice time or put up more points or do something that is going to turn the scouts' heads was just not there for a lot of players born in 2003. How were the kids taking it? Have you heard from anyone uh, when they got the news that they weren't going to be playing? It must have been devastating for a lot of them. Well, there are a lot of group chats that were very active yesterday in the OHL, and, you know, they're disappointed. And that's maybe number one. But at the same time, you're seeing a lot of posts on social media wishing teammates that won't be back good luck, saying that they're sad it's not happening, but they're still looking forward to next year. So as much as this is difficult for them and for everybody else involved, staff members and people who are affected by no OHL games, restaurants, hotels, charities, the list is really long, then you look and say, hey, they get it. 
even the players who are 16, 17, 18 years old, they get it. There's something out there that's bigger than hockey, and you don't see a lot of public complaining. You see a lot of, okay, we're accepting this, and we'll see what's next. They're saying the fall, we will have an OHL season. Hopefully that is the case. Uh, Hamilton Bulldogs, London Knights for the fall. How are both of those teams looking? Well, you're looking at two rosters in those two teams that have a lot of youth on them. I mean, we're looking at Jake Gravel for Hamilton, who won't technically be back because he's an overage player, although... There is an opportunity that the OHL is at least discussing to perhaps extend eligibility just a little bit. There's no guarantee, but it is something that OHL Commissioner David Branch mentioned yesterday. For the London Knights, Billy Moskell and Nathan Dunkley fall into that overage position where you eventually graduate. You can only have three 20-year-olds on a roster. But other than that, you've got a lot of players who are able to come back. And these rosters were pretty young going into this season. So as much as maybe they've missed a year of on-ice development, those classroom sessions may work well for Hamilton and London. And I think you'll start to see two young teams that maybe are on a collision course to meet each other one day. Well, we want to uh, wish the best to any of the players that won't be returning. And uh, what do you say? Condolences to everyone involved in in the OHL, the organizations, all the people who, who live and breathe hockey that weren't able to get out there this year. It sucks, but uh, the fall, oh boy. Is it going to be fun to be sitting in the stands watching the kids play again? Thanks, Mike Stubbs from Global News Radio for joining us this morning. Always. Thanks, Jim. Thanks, Taz. Let's do this. You have the right to remain stupid. Some stories about dumb, dumb criminals here and a theme running through the segment. It's all about accidentally leaving a little bit of evidence behind. Hmm. Starting with this guy, 22-year-old named Jonathan Ruiz from Orange, California. He decided to break into a house where three female college students lived, went through underwear drawers, ate some food, and then decided to watch some videos on one of their laptops. He has now been arrested because he left some DNA on the laptop. Oh, no. Right. Those kind of videos. Those kind of videos. And his DNA was already in the system because he was convicted for vandalism at his high school. Back in 2017, he's pleaded guilty for felony burglary and vandalism. He was sentenced to six years and eight months in prison. This is just a great reminder. Never use anyone's laptop. (laughs) Yes. Always delete your history. (laughs) DNA all over those things. You do not want to touch someone else's laptop. And just be careful. Just always wipe the keyboard down no matter what. (laughs) And if you're a criminal, steal the laptop. (laughs) Why break into somebody's house just to do that on a laptop? You know what I mean? Like Your Wi-Fi sucks, Jim. (laughs) That's why. They keep kicking you out of the library. Okay, you think that's... uh, That's stupid. How about leaving this evidence behind? A woman named Francesca in Arizona woke up on Thursday. She noticed that somebody had slashed the tires on the truck in her driveway. Um, She went out to check out the scene, and she noticed something sitting next to one of the, the slashed tires. She looked down. She's like, no. 
Yes, it was a severed finger. What? So whoever slashed her tires accidentally cut off their own finger in the process. Oh, that is that is the definition of instant karma. That all happened simultaneously. Instant karma is gonna get you. Oh man! Again, (sighs) it's like the laptop. You take the thing with you. (laughs) I I wonder if it hurt so much you didn't notice it was gone, or or it's dark and you're like on all fours with the blood squirting out of your your finger, trying to. Feel around to see if you can find the nub. Yeah, I'm sure it's all happening so fast that you just bail as soon as you pop the tire. The police bagged up the finger and took it to fingerprint, (laughs) I guess. Yeah, (laughs) They're waiting to hear from the police, um, but Francesca thinks it was her neighbor because they had gotten in a big argument the night before. Plus... Um, she did a little of her own police work. There was a trail of blood leading from her driveway <laughs> to his house. <laughs> yeah. Pretty good case you're building there. <laughs> so it wasn't just his finger next to her truck. It was the trail of blood. Yeah. Connect the dots. Also going to be hard for the neighbor to hide the missing finger for the next 20 years. <laughs> That's called getting caught red-handed right there. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> You have the right to remain stupid! Ever since I was a young boy, I played the silver ball. From Soho down to Brighton, I must have played them all. Ain't seen nothing like him in any amusement hall. That deaf, dumb, blind kid sure plays a mean pinball. Welcome to the Singing Bee! Yeah, here we go, Singing Bee. Lost uh, one of the great songwriters of a generation, Jim Steinman who was Meatloaf's guy, uh, wrote Bat Out of Hell, many of, uh, well, basically all of Meatloaf's hits, but also worked with some other incredible artists, Celine Dion, for example. He has passed away at age 74. We found that out earlier this week. So we are going to honor him uh, playing one of his biggest hits. When the music stops, you have to keep singing, and you got to sing with the proper lyrics here. Let's go to the phones. Hi, Taz and Jim, what's your name? Melissa. Hi, Melissa. Hi. Are you, do you fancy yourself a singer? Absolutely not. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Good. Well, just try to get the words right, and you'll be fine, okay? We'll hook you up with a prize. All right. Let's see how I do. I'm sure you have sung this one by yourself in the shower, in your car. You ready for it? I'm ready. Jim, you good? Oh, boy. Turn around. Every now and then I get a little bit helpless And I'm lying like a child in your arms Every now and then I get a little bit angry And I know I've got to get out and cry Every now and then I get a little bit terrified But then I see the look in your eyes Singer, come on! 
Bonnie Tyler, Bonnie Schmiler. What a jam, huh? I'm just glad you didn't sing the, the version that was in the movie Old School. I was a little nervous that I didn't lay down that rule. My brain sang it. <laughs> That's right. I dropped it at least three F-bombs. <laughs> like this is... Uh, some people may say this song is cheesy. I hate those people. Everybody loves that song. <laughs> you may pretend you don't love it. You love that song. <laughs> yeah, take it, Melissa. Nothing I can do. A total eclipse of the heart. Did you see the text message I sang you yesterday, Jim? <laughs> Um, about your phone listening to you? Yeah. Yeah. Seriously, I, the, the message I sent Jim, it said, if there was ever any question that our phones are listening to everything we say. Yesterday on the show, we were talking about how you have started ordering your groceries online and your girlfriend, Sarah, accidentally ordered way too many hot dog buns. She clicked the wrong... Uh, uh, value when she was ordering and you ended up with like seven, eight large bags of hot dog buns, right? Yeah, I think there was, I think there was 12, 12 bags. <laughs> they came in their own industrial You bags. only wanted one. No, yeah, exactly. You only wanted one bag of hot dog buns. You got, you got a little more than you bargained for. So we were t- discussing these buns, the hot dogs on the air yesterday. What, what's Jim going to do with all these buns? And look at this, pops up. On my Facebook ads, <laughs> out of the blue, yesterday afternoon, Wayfair is selling the doghouse hot dog cooker counter unit. Wow. And this thing is a beast. Look, it's got delicious hot dogs, a sign at the top. It's got the hot dog. Is that a roller or it's like the cage, the circular rotisserie cage kind of conveyor belt thing? I can't really tell. Yeah. But at the bottom, you see what's at the bottom? A grease trap? A bun drawer. Bun? That's what that is. You got a bun drawer to put the buns in. I mean, I know our, our phone is listening and advertising to us, but I did not know it got this obscure. I know. Right? <laughs> I'd never seen a hot dog cooker that looks like this before, but now I'm thinking maybe you can... <laughs> maybe they're onto something. Yeah, you need you do need a place to store your buns, Jim. <laughs> I, lo- I love this, but the thing that makes me mad... $700, about- by the way, if you want to <laughs> okay, buy Okay, maybe unit. I'll pass. <laughs> What makes me mad about these now, if I bought that hot dog cooker, I would still get advertised the hot dog cooker forever because it doesn't know when you buy something. I recently bought some rubber boots like a month ago, and all I see are rubber boots advertisements, and I just want to be like, I just I already bought your product. Well, Leave s- me alone. Say it into your phone at any point. It's listening to you. Hey, Jim already bought the, uh, the hey, rubber boots have, phone. I already have muck rubber boots. He doesn't need any new rubber boots phone. Leave me alone phone. And I'm not the one who needs the hot dog cooker and bun drawer. That was Jim, so don't send me the advertisements. Send them to his phone phone. Could you show me a nice bike? <laughs> He's in the market for a bike too. Okay, phone, advertise me bikes. (laughs) I need a bike. I wonder how long it'll take. I need a bike. I would like to buy a bike. How much does a bike cost? And he he wants a bike with a bun drawer. (laughs) The bike must come with its own It's got to be comfortable for my buns. (laughs) Okay, I guess we're doing this. I did this. This parody song is two and a half minutes long. (laughs) What? 
<laughs> okay. Um, so Jim Steinman passed away. He uh, worked with Meatloaf. He also wrote Total Eclipse of the Heart, the, the classic uh, jam that Bonnie Tyler made a hit. Uh, we, uh, we did our own version years ago with our friend Sherry Rains. And the theme is a little different than the original song. See if you can pick up on it. First date. Just went out for dinner with this really cute guy And so far it's been a perfect time Our first date Everything has went well, we are laughing And I think he's really digging my style Our first date He opens the car door for me, I get inside And he walks around as the door shuts Our first date That feeling sinking in, I start to get terrified Cause something's going on in my guts I don't wanna hop out this car Home really isn't that far I'm starting to sweat And I'm crossing my legs And I'm desperately clenching my cheeks I'm no expert but my instincts tell me That this one's really gonna reek A spade, I totally slipped out of fart. I totally slipped out of fart. Apologies to Jim Steinman, also uh, Sherry, who has moved on with her life, probably. He's a mother now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So she did. She didn't uh, end up a, a cat lady. She's a mom. She's married. She's happy. She probably uh, doesn't <laughs> doesn't brag about that song at parties. <laughs> Let's I don't tag think. her on Facebook in it, just for old times' sake. Thank you very much for checking out the Taz and Jim podcast. If you want to listen to us the old-fashioned way, live on the radio, you can do that on FM 96 in London or Y108 in Hamilton weekday mornings from 5.30 until 9.30. Or subscribe, keep downloading the podcasts, and we'll keep talking.